You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 30 with Megan Michelson. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, this week's topic is going to make you really excited or really nervous. We have Megan from the Birds and the Bees on today. We talk about when is the best time to talk to your kids about sex and what kind of message do you want to have around sex? Megan hopes to leave parents more confident and less overwhelmed to talk about sex with their kids and also how to ease into the subject and not just dropping the bomb on them at age 12 or 13 when they have already heard about sex through their friends, online, or TV. They need to hear your voice, speak into your kids' lives. And I really hope that the show leaves you inspired and encouraged to be able to talk to your kids about the birds and the bees. Let's go to the show. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Amber. I am so excited to be here and to chat with you for a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. I love to travel. And so I love asking people where their favorite destinations are. So what is your favorite vacation spot that you have gone to and why? And this could be with or without kids. That is a good question. I love to travel as well. Um, But if I had to narrow it down, I would say Florida. So my, we're, I'm in Texas and mm-hmm. my family has gone to Florida, the, um, 30A coast. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Seaside watercolor. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, we have been going there every summer since I was in seventh grade. Oh, so it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, and now we, uh, you know, that my husband and I started dating and he started coming on our family trips and then we brought our baby when she was only six weeks old. And then my other kids have come and now the whole family goes and it's, it's a beautiful place, but it's also oh, yeah. full of really wonderful memories. So it's, yes. So it's did you? My favorite. Did you go living in Texas? Did you grow up in Texas? Yeah. Okay. Born and raised. Never and, left. And you went over there. Okay. Yeah. We did. We travel. It was. It's a twelve-hour drive. <gasps> so what made and your parents head that way versus say beaches in South Texas? Have you been to the beaches in South Texas? No. <laughs> no. But I mean, isn't there is, like something? I thought there's like one. Isn't there a beach that... Yeah, there's Padre and there's Galveston. Oh, Galveston. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of Texas beaches. And they're they're not horrible by any means. Um, they're, they're great and they're convenient. But a lot of people don't realize that Texas is so big that even we're in Dallas. So for us to get to right. Padre is still like eight hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so what's four more if you get white sandy beaches <laughs> and... Yeah. Um, well, growing up in Michigan, you know, people didn't really know about 30A or Destin. And I'm sure people who are listening to this are like, oh my gosh, can you guys stop talking about 30A? Because most of the people that I are know. on the show are, um, they live here in Nashville and that's where we go to. Yeah, and people, really close. people are like, okay, I either need to go there or yes, we all know you guys love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but living in Michigan, I did not know about it. I mean, you don't even think about the panhandle, right? To get to 30A and Destin and all that stuff from here, it's just a little bit under seven hours. So uh, oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's not. I wish it was more like under five. That would be awesome. Uh, but you definitely can do it in a day. And so I like that you um, said that you've gone since you were younger, because that's kind of the gist that I'm trying to do with our girls is that I feel like going to the beach. So when you live in Michigan, you go up north. That's what that's, you know, mm-hmm. they say to go up north, even though you are up north, you go even yeah. <laughs> further up north. And because um, it's all the Great Lakes and it's beautiful. And that's what everybody did every year. That's kind of the memories that they made. 
So for, for us, you know, I'm like, I I feel like it's fun if we can try to go there every year, uh, even if it's a short fall break Mm -hmm. trip. So that's really cool to see that fast forward in your life to see, oh, this is what this looks like now when you're an adult and you um, have kids and you're still going back there and you have such good memories. And so that's really neat to hear that. It's been sweet that my parents, um, you know, they, they love it just as much as we do. And so they've really kind of instilled that in us and we've had awesome memories as family to go back and forth. So it's been really fun. Yeah. Now you said you go to, do you stay in watercolor? Uh, we've kind of done back and forth. So we went to seaside for years and then we kind of do seaside watercolor. We kind of just get a house. We just have to get yeah. a house that's big enough now because right. our family has grown sure um, a lot. Yeah. No, that's over exciting. the years. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the show. Um, how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how okay. you got to where you are today? Okay. Well, my name is Megan Michelson and I'm from Dallas, Texas, as I mentioned. And my husband is Blake and we have two young kids. Mary Margaret is four and Major is two, little boy. Um, so I've got one of each and three is TBD. We were talking about that. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My husband's not listening, so I can say that. Yeah. Um, and maybe when the then, show airs, you you will you will know by then. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll comment. Yeah, um, that's funny. Anyways, it. so um, I am. I don't know if you have shared this on the show, but what we're going to be talking about today is the birds and the bees. So I know that is a topic that everyone just loves talking about. But um, I um, was a teacher. I taught middle school for years um, before I had kids, and so that was kind of my career before I had children. And, um, there's this woman in town named Mary Flo Ridley who teaches parents how to talk to their kids about sex. So she teaches parents and kind of trains them on how to, um, integrate these conversations and be the expert in their kids' lives. Anyways, I grew up with her family, but I had no idea that she did this. No idea. And so I was teaching middle school, like I said, and one parent meeting, she was our speaker. And so I was like, what in the world? I had no idea she did this. So I stuck around and signed all the parents in and listened to her program. And I was just blown away. And at the time I was surrounded by preteens all day long and just seeing the effects of this sex saturated culture that they were living in. And just to compare that with what I'd heard Mary Flo talk about, which was having teaching parents how to speak into their kids' lives. And I just thought, wow, if every parent did this, middle school, high school, college, marriages, everything was just looks so much different. So it just really impacted me. And then a few years later, um, I became a parent myself and I heard her again. So, you know, then you listen through the eyes of or ears of a parent now. And it just, anyway, so the message just really speak to me, spoke to me. And then, I mean, really long story short, I just felt um, called to do this in an unusual kind of passing by. Um, I ran into her or actually I ran into her daughter and we were talking and she was telling me, you know, my mom is kind of ready to retire, but I don't want to take over. Neither does my sister. And I just said, well, I might want to. And I had no business saying that I was pregnant. We actually (laughs) were living out of the country at the time for this short stint. So it didn't make any sense, but, um, that's just the way things work, isn't it? Um, so long story short, I started training with her for two years and, um, I've taken over all the speaking. So she's still involved in the business side of the birds and the bees. And then I am doing all the um, public speaking and um, a lot of the communication side. But um, so it's been, it's a really interesting 
career, if you will. Yeah. Um, cause it's definitely not one people, I mean, pray for my kids that once they get a little older, <laughs> they won't be like, Oh my goodness, mom, stop. But, um, <laughs> I just think it's something that's so important to talk about. And I think it's the best way that we can fight this overly sexual culture that we live in right. is to speak into it with our kids. So yeah. even though our initial reaction as parents is to not want to talk about this right. at all, yep. ever. Um, <laughs> so I, I get that. I'm not a total crazy lady, y'all. I'm really not. Um, but I do think it's something that we need to talk about with our kids. So yeah. um, Mary Flo, has, like I said, has done this now for 30 years. And the strategies and tools that she gives parents and that I give parents um, just really... Um, we just hope to empower parents to take this topic that is so scary and so overwhelming and think, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Like, this isn't so bad. Right. So I, that's a very long winded answer. I'm yeah. so sorry. No, no, um, no, that's okay. Well, and you know what, this kind of, this might be the same answer. I was going to ask you before we jump into talking about the birds and the bees, uh, what is your hope for all the moms out there listening right now? Um, and what is one thing that you would like them to walk away knowing after hearing this episode? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think for me, my hope is that all the moms listening, whether you have itty bitty babies or elementary school, middle school, I'm not sure what your audience typically is, but um, I just hope that the moms would walk away thinking, I need to talk to my kids about this and I feel confident that I can. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that. that a lot of people, again, there's just, this is fear, right? Um, talking to your kids about sex, the first thing you're going to feel is like panic and fear of like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm not right. going to do this. Or what yeah. if they ask me this question? Or, <laughs> oh my goodness, did they see that? Um, panic, right? You know, so I think the for me, the best takeaway for the moms listening today would be um, kind of an awareness that I need to talk to my kids about this and confidence that I can talk to my kids about this. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So let's just jump into this. Um, how I, I want to talk about how you guys go about teaching the program and um, the steps that you kind of walk the parents through. So um, I'm going to go through each phase or each step, and then you can kind of elaborate on each subject that you guys go over in your video program. And I'm not sure if this is how you do it when you go and speak. Is that it? Is this kind of how you do it as well? Or is it slightly yes, different? This is very similar. Um, so Mary Flo used to travel around. Now I travel in obviously in the DFW area, Dallas, Fort Worth, yeah. but, um, also all over the country. And Mary Flo went to Cambodia and um, the UK. So she's traveled internationally speaking this, sharing this message. Um, and in a live program, we walk through the six steps and this past year, when we rebranded everything under the birds and the bees, oh, help me, please, um, <laughs> we created this, the videos because we thought, you know, there are so many parents that come to these programs um, without their husband and think, oh, I just want him to hear this. And you go home and you all know how it is. You go home and you start telling your husband all these things. You start word vomiting and they're like, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> right. what are you saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as a way to say, here, honey, sit down, watch this video. The first one's four minutes long, you know, or watch this. It's, you know, 15 minutes. I want to talk to you about it when we let's get together and talk about it. Or my sister-in-law in Colorado, like I, you, she, you know, I know she's probably not coming to come speak at your school, but listen online. So the online resources um, are a way to get this message out there to a larger audience. Okay, perfect. So they're, they're more or less, they're very similar, if not the same. Okay, well, so let's let's go ahead and just jump into step one, which is about your message. So do you want to fill us in on what yeah. you guys are going to talk about? So this is about? one of the most, this is probably the most important step 
um, which is why it's the first one, but um, it is to create your family message. And basically what this means is that you and your spouse, if you're married or um, a trusted friend, a community group, somebody that you can bounce ideas off of and communicate with. And what we mean by family message is what do I want my child or what do I want my children to know about sex if they're growing up in my home? What message about sex do you want to present to your child over the years? Um, we kind of consider this your game plan. You know, what, what, what plan do you have for these conversations? I think so many of us don't have a plan. And so what we do when these questions come at us is just react. Um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with this step is to shift gears a little bit and think, be more proactive. How can we be proactive with this? Um, a lot of us have a defensive plan. You know, we know I don't want them to do this. I don't want them to see this. I don't want them to, um, understand this, but what the message step is to think, okay, what, what do I believe? What are my family's values? Um, what do I want them to understand when it comes to sex? And then how can I look for opportunities to speak this message into my kids? And this is going to look different for every family. Um, we share some examples, um, that again, this is why we don't speak to kids because it doesn't mean anything for your kids to hear Megan Michelson talk about sex, but it does mean a lot to them to hear their mom and to hear their dad speak to them. So, um, this is something that you should really think about as a, as a family. Um, so for my husband and I, we really wanted our faith to be part of our family message. So our, our message that we want our kids to understand is this sex is a gift from God intended for marriage. And it's a short sentence, you know, I'm not like writing a paragraph about everything I want them to know. Um, but that's kind of our overall theme. So whenever I do have conversations, I'm keeping that in the back of my mind. That's the direction I'm moving towards. I want them to see that sex is a good thing. It's a gift. But I also want them to see the boundaries that our family has, which is it's intended for marriage. So that kind of helps guide and direct all of our future conversations. Um, now, some people might have a different take on their family message. Um, a friend of ours um, has more of a medical background, and she was a high school nurse for so long. So she saw, you can imagine, all the um, interesting ramifications oh, of yeah. mm-hmm. a sexual, you know, experience in high school. Yep. So that really impacted her and what she wanted her kids to know. So her message was considering your health and your future postpone sex until adulthood. So you can kind of see how that message would take on a few different conversations. Right. She might pull a few different words or boundaries um, for her family. Sure. But the point is that these are your kids. This is your family. It needs to reflect what's important to you. Because if it's not important to you and you're just saying it, then they're going to see through that after a few years. Right. Exactly. Um, And online, we have a lot of resources. Um, We have a digital discussion guide that was designed to be done out loud, again, with you and your spouse or a trusted friend or a small group of women or couples um, that kind of dives back and forth on some questions that will help you kind of get to thinking, hey, what, what is important to me? What do I want my kids to know? Um, what is my message? So just to kind of help you get thinking about that. Um, we also tell this story a lot, which is um, a funny one, but uh, we ran into a dad um, that was at one of our programs a few weeks later. And he said, Oh, I've got this message. I'm so, we're so excited. And I was like, Oh, that's great. You know, I love seeing this enthusiasm from the dads. This is great. And um, he said, this is what we want our girls to know. They were like four and six. And um, he said, sex is like that plug over there. You touch it, you die. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. 
Um, so yeah, you can have a fear-based message. Yeah. Uh, you can have, <laughs> oh, we don't, we don't recommend that. We don't recommend that. Yeah. But, um, oh, the po- again, the point is it's going to look different from every family. So, right. um, but if you don't have a plan, you're just going to react. Right. And that's not, um, so that's the step one is to create your family message. What's your, what's your game plan? Where do you want to go? Yeah. Um, but that's the most crucial one. And it's one of the easiest because it doesn't involve your kids whatsoever. So you don't even have to talk to them yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So don't panic. (laughs) So that leads me into uh, step two is the vocabulary. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So the vocabulary, we want to have, um, medical and respectful vocabulary. And the main thing to take away here is, um, to use anatomically correct body parts. So, headphones on, I'm talking about the words penis and vagina. Now, some people can say those words and it's very normal in their homes. And some people use the wingy wangy words, you know, <laughs> yeah, we like to call them. And I'm sure we could have a whole separate podcast chat about those funny <laughs> words that every right. family has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot of them. And so there's not necessarily anything inherently wrong with using those silly words. But um, what you don't want to do is introduce the words penis and vagina for the first time when you're explaining intercourse. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a lot at once. Right. Um, yeah. And you want to kind of create a respectful tone about their bodies. And those aren't silly things. Those aren't bad things. Um, kind of a matter of fact, medical, respectful tone. Um, I was about to say something else about that. But, um, oh, yeah. And we want, you want to um, also for their safety, if you talk to any a sexual abuse expert, which is not something um, that we're experts on. Right. But they will tell you the first thing you can do to protect your child is to identify their body par- parts correctly yeah. and let them know that they're private. Right. You know, I've that's heard just that an too. easy step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. nowadays, you know, pediatricians, I think they must have gotten new training. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but oh. now like, when my kids go, they say, you know, the doctor, you know, let me, doctor so-and-so is going to check your vagina. You know, this is something that only the doctor can do with your oh, mom yeah. and daddy in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. I've heard you that know? too. And that's, yep. that's a perfect example of like, that was a, that, that was one sentence. It was very matter of fact. We didn't get into shame or abuse or, right. you know, but that man, that set the tone and that let yeah. those kids know that that was something for them to soak in. Yeah. Um, and as parents, I think that's a great, that's a great example mm-hmm. of, we don't have to, you know, beat to death the fact that this is called your penis, please leave it alone. Right. You know, but just to say matter of fact, that that is what it is. Yeah. You know? And I think that we as the adults are the ones that are acting embarrassed. Silly. Yeah. And right. silly. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, I can't believe I just said that. When yeah. they're kind of like, okay, like every Right. They wouldn't even know what's word. different. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. even know that it should be silly and stuff. Exactly. So, so yeah. um that's that's the second step, which yeah. is really a great one. I mean practice makes perfect. You know? Yeah. I you agree. will not be perfect. I will say that. This right, is, right. We're all about being purposeful, not perfectly, because yeah. nobody, I'm not going to do this perfect. I'm going to get back to me in like 10 years and my kids will be like, oh yeah, mom <laughs> totally messed up. Um, but anyways, and then step three, we talk about the story of birth. And mm-hmm. um, if any of you moms have had more than one child, you know that one of those kids gets kind of curious and wants to know how's that baby going to get out of there. And um we just, fortunately, this question typically is the one that comes first. And this is kind of one of those first questions that catches you off guard of like, <gasps> what do I say? Right. Uh, the doctor, the doctor takes it out, um, which is true. Um, but we really encourage parents to kind of um, expand upon that and use the right terms. And again, you don't need to get into a graphic, uh, scary, gory mess story, but, um, you know, be medical, be fact, factual. Um, and take this as an opportunity to wow them 
You know, you want your kids to think, wow, that's an amazing story. Um, and also by using some of these big words and being um, medical, you are, what you're doing here is kind of elevating yourself as the expert in their eyes. You know, we kind of want them, we're going to take this question as an opportunity to really um, let them walk away thinking, wow, like my mom or my dad knows everything about babies and where they come from. Um, because we want them to think that, right? We may not know, we may not know it all, but at this, we do know how babies are born. Um, so that it's kind of a, that's one of the steps is this is just an easy step, um, to kind of take advantage of this opportunity to let them see that, okay, my mom and my dad know everything about this topic. And, and again, you're just kind of laying the groundwork of this is, I, I am not, I'm embarrassed here. We, this is something, this is a question that you can come to mom and dad and ask, you know, yeah, this is, this is something that we can talk about and you're just starting this conversation, something, um, that we really want to do at the birds and the bees is get rid of the talk, you know, and I use my little air quotes when I'm sure. saying that, yeah. um, which is, you know, we all have that, you know, age thir- 12 or 13, mom or dad, what knocks on your door, come sit down, honey, I, I need to talk to you and tell you, you know, everything at once. And that's just, <laughs> right. that's just a lot and it's yeah. not really effective. Right. And so what we're trying to do is to educate parents to get rid of that idea and replace it with several smaller talks and multiple conversations. Um, and you're just breaking it down little by little because the talk is outdated and doesn't really work. And so if we want to preempt this sexual culture, then we just need to start talking. Yeah. Now with the step three, is that where you guys talk about that the baby is not in the belly, that they're, the baby's actually in the yes, uterus? Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yes. Thank you. Um, so if you didn't know, y'all, um, babies are not in tummies. They are in a special place called a uterus. And that is a great little tidbit to give to your child. Now, some people are like, oh, I, I cannot say the word uterus. I just can't. <laughs> um, and which, you know, you can use the word womb. Some people like that word better. It's softer in the Bible. Um, <laughs> anyway, so whichever word you prefer, but let's, you know, we want to get babies out of tummies. They are not in tummies. And again, that just falls in line with the whole factual medical um respectful. And it's confusing, right? Um, everybody has tummies. Daddies have tummies. How come babies aren't in their tummies? Um, what about that cheeseburger mommy just ate? Is that, is that smushing my baby brother? Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, we want to keep it in line linear. Um, it's in a cool place called a uterus and the uterus grows and grows. And, um, so it's just, you're looking for opportunities to start laying the groundwork for these kids and for future conversations. Um, and I go into a lot more detail on all these things in the videos. It's me speaking and Mary Flo speaking, but um, just kind of want to give you guys a little bit of a overview of all of this, um, just so you can you know take things home or see what can work for your family. Um, because I do think if we could just get parents on board um, and feeling confident with this topic, then um, you really can really start to shape your kids' understanding of what sex is and what you hope that they understand that sex is. Right. Because the cultures, what the culture is saying, um, is probably a little different than what you want them to understand. Oh, for sure. Which then leads us into step four, which is, uh, yes. reproduction. Reproduction. Okay. This step is super easy and really fun, believe it or not. Um, we just want our kids to see that reproduction is an all living thing. Okay. It is not just a man, woman, mommy, daddy, husband, wife thing. We're talking about seeds and eggs. And you just want to show your kids that, um, that deep inside every living thing is part of what it takes to make the next living thing just like it. Um, and this is to show that, you know, look at this apple slices. 
you know, and before you throw it away, invite your kids over to the snack, you know, the kitchen and say, hey, look at the, do you see that there's some apple seeds deep inside of this apple? Did you know that that's how more apples are made? You know, that's just, you're just kind of sharing a, just a little tidbit of information and think, oh, that's interesting. You know, what you're doing is just laying the groundwork for future conversations about human reproduction. You know, so if you kind of start showing seeds and eggs in everyday life, in all living things, you're really setting up um, a much easier conversation and um, kind of a, a foundation for them to build on when it talks to human reproduction, which also uses seeds and eggs. Um, yesterday, actually, I was very putting my money where my mouth is. I sat down with my kids and we opened up little flower seeds that they were that were in their Easter baskets and we potted we planted them in those little potted plants and it was just a great opportunity to just speak into that. Now again, these this is not an hour long conversation. This is just a sentence or two here and there. You know that um did you know these flower seeds are going to grow new flowers. But if we just put the flower seeds on the sidewalk they won't grow, right? It doesn't take just seeds. They also need sunlight and water and um they're going to make new flowers. Isn't that interesting how the way things grow? Isn't that amazing? You know, so just little conversations that you're kind of just showing them um, how how things grow and how things reproduce. So again, that's a fun step. You can look for books that talk about seeds and eggs, visit a chicken coop. Um, There's so many beautifully illustrated books out there if um, a chicken coop is not anywhere near you, um, <laughs> which nowadays it's actually yeah. becoming, I'm, yeah. I'm sure in Nashville yes. too. Yeah, very popular. Um, where like 10 years ago, it was like, oh, yeah. Only just out to the farm. farms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now it's like, oh, my neighbor has one or, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, exactly. So be friends with those people and go visit. Yeah. <laughs> visit their egg coops. I um, love it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, you know, it just, we just want our kids to know that sex is a part of life. It is not everything, but it's not, but on the other hand, it's not something that's gross and icky. You know, I think that um, there are lots of views that people have growing up um, and some people think it's bad. And it's not something you talk about and you don't ask questions about it. And you definitely don't talk to your mom and dad about it. Um, and then you have the opposite view, which is it's the like what Hollywood makes it out to be. You know, it's amazing. Right. And it's like it's the end all be all. And it's everything you ever could dream it would be. And um, if you want it, you get it. And it's all about, you know, you. And so, you know, there's just so many. We just kind of want our kids to have an understanding of um, what our family you know, what each, every, what each family believes about sex and how we can speak into that and help shape their understanding Yeah, because uh, the world around us isn't really doing us any favors. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that leads okay, me then, into, well, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. It leads me no, into step, step five. five. Yeah. Conception. I'm just trying to keep things in my head here. Where were we? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, and this of course is the dreaded question, mom or dad, how did that baby get in there? Panic. Um, this is it, right? This is the question that we all I don't want to die when we hear, or mom, where do babies come from? Or dad, you know, how did, how did that baby get started? You know, all these questions that make you just want to say, I don't know, honey, go play. You know, like we're not going to talk about this. Today. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, we can, we'll, we launch into all these sample conversations online and, um, all these great, um, phrases that are helpful to you just for this, uh, time constraints. I want to just leave you with this one little nugget, which is so helpful. Um, and this is to have a pre-designated facial expression, which you can't see me do because we're on a podcast, but it's just basically a great smile like, oh, I'm so glad you came to me. And then this lovely little phrase for a pre-designated response, which is, that is a great question, honey. I, I am so glad you asked that question. And so 
Great question. I'm so glad you asked and just a big smile on your face because what we can do is parents without even meaning to, you know, we adore our kids. We want the best for them. But when we're driving on the street or we're, you know, helping clean the kitchen, whatever, and that question comes at us, we are panicked, right? No matter how prepared you are, it's going to catch you off guard. So mom, how did that baby get in there? Or maybe even older kids might say, mom, what does the word sex mean? Mm -hmm. Any question Mm -hmm. like that is going to, you're going to think, right. Who told you to say that? Yeah. (laughs) Where did you hear that word? You know, like panic. It's awful. I can't believe my precious baby is even thinking that. Um, but without even thinking what we could do is just send our kids these nonverbal messages with our facial expressions of, okay, that's a bad word or don't ask mom about that. Or, okay, dad is not the one I go to here. You know, so we're sending our kids these messages that we don't want to send them, um, without being prepared. So, Get that pre-designated facial expression ready. And that phrase, that is a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Is really helpful because um, it kind of buys you some time. It's like a little stalling device. Yeah. You, know, you can kind of think about your answer. Um, but it also lets them know, okay, this is, the, I can talk to my mom about this. Even, you know, fake it till you make it. Even if you're dying inside, you want your kids to know that they can come to you. You know, so try to act cool, calm and collected, even if you're like, getting all splotchy underneath or, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, that's a, that's a great question. I I'm really glad you asked that question. Well, and that kind of um, brings me to um, a point that I heard on your video is the quote was your family is the age of your oldest child and everyone else has to keep up. And she was just saying that if you have two six-year-olds and one is the oldest child and one, you know, has a 17 year old sibling or something like that, it's going to look very different with what they know and stuff like that. So I was going to ask you in regards to that, if you do have like your firstborn and they're kind of, you know, not around older kids and stuff, do you feel like there's a good age to actually bring it up before they come to you? Yes. Okay. So that's a, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked Amber. Um, so basically, um, a lot of people will ask us, you know, when is a perfect age? Like, I don't want to do this too young and like over, centralize or scar my young child, but I don't want to do it too yet too late where they're like, yeah, mom, I already know. Right. Thanks. Yep. Um, so when's the, when's the perfect age? And the, the answer to that is sooner than you think. Okay. I hate to burst your bubble. I'm not going to give you a right number here, but, um, it's sooner than you think because of that fa- reality that you just mentioned, your family is the age of your oldest child and everybody else keeps up. Right. Amber and I were talking a little bit um, before the show. And that's true. If you have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, you know, that eight-year-old um, is kind of leading leading the family. That's you're going to the soccer games and the schedules and the homework, and that six-year-old or four-year-old is kind of just along for the ride. You know, you can see that if you have a two-year-old and a newborn, right? I remember seeing this reality years ago when we had our second, and thinking, "Oh my goodness, I'm letting my baby watch TV." Like what? <laughs> I would have never done that with my firstborn. Um, and so that's just the reality. And so what happens is. If you could ziplock your kids into these, their ages, that would be great. But we don't live like that, right? We live in families and communities and schools. And so what happens is your little firstborn seven-year-old might go to school and sit next to this sweet little seven-year-old who's the youngest, you know? And so this one already knows a lot more than this seven-year-old. So um, the, the answer is when there's no perfect age, you just, the, okay, so let me finish this thought or start over on this thought. Sure. There's no perfect age. But you kind of have to shift gears in your thinking. Instead of asking, when is the perfect age? You have to ask yourself, do I want to be the one to tell my children? Do I want to be the one to have that first impression? And if you do, the answer is going to be sooner than you think. Um, because you want, you want them to understand and hear what sex is from you and from your, um, their dad, 
not necessarily from that sweet seven-year-old sitting next to them, right? Who had an older brother or sister. Um, right. So to answer your question, you know, and again, that can look different from every family. You could give a very, very basic answer to a five-year-old. Um, and that would be, that's appropriate. Now, again, with a five-year-old, I want to make sure everyone understands I am not here to tell you to present young children with a centralized um, sexual message. You, you don't even get into the dangers and pleasures associated with sex until preteens. Okay, so this is just basic biology and core beliefs. Pulling vocabulary from your message, seeds, eggs, husband, wife. Um, so it's, it is basic, basic, basic biology. We are not getting into, um, you don't even have to get into body parts for the first answer you give. So really hear me say that. I don't want anyone thinking, oh my goodness, this lady is telling me to answer my five. I mean, that is not what I'm saying. This is not what I'm saying. But um, to keep it factual and to keep it basic biology. So again, your question was how, what, what age do you recommend maybe taking that proactive approach if you're, sure. let's say, second or third grader hasn't asked and you haven't had that conversation? Um, a phrase that we offer in this situation, you know, we all have these two types of kids, right? The question askers who are going to want to know these things so badly and ask and ask and ask until I get an answer. But then we also have these kids that are like, mm, not, don't care. Don't want to ask. Don't want to know. Um, so we want to help guide those children because just because they're not uh, verbally curious doesn't mean that they're not inwardly curious. So we re recommend the phrase, have you ever wondered? And it's just a great little tool to kind of get those quiet kids to um, think a little bit like, you're bringing a meal to a friend who just had a baby, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, Charlie, have you ever wondered how that baby got out of Mrs. Smith? Because it's a pretty cool story. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Um, so have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered how that baby got in there? Cause it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I think you'll be kind of surprised. It's a, it's an interesting story. Um, and again, you don't have to personalize these stories. You keep it third party, man, woman, you don't have to say mommy, daddy. Um, you know, be easy on yourself. Keep it as simple and basic as possible and give them the straightforward answer. Um, so I would say if your kid has not asked, and again, this is a general answer, so don't take this to heart. You know your children better than I do. Um, but I think if they haven't asked anything by third grade, you know, you might want to start with the basic answer, um, more of the seeds and eggs answer without jumping into the body part answer um, because then they're going to come back around and ask, well, what do you mean? Right. Together. Right. So, it, so if you are like talking about like say first to third graders, okay, and yes. either they have asked you or you're going to just kind of prompt that conversation, and mm -hmm. you don't want to talk about body parts, can you give us like a little bit of an idea of um, what is an easy way to say that? So, I love how you're saying, "Have you ever wondered?" So, and then how would you follow that without kind of going into the whole, you know, daddy's penis, mommy's vagina, yeah. like yeah. how to keep that simple a little bit. Well, yeah, I know all these moms out there listening are probably like, oh my gosh, I don't want to even think about this. Um, so if, if a young child asks you, you know, you could say, you know, honey, it's actually really cool. Um, and I'm going to give you my answer, which reflects my family message. Okay. Sure. Um, so again, remember yeah. that this can be personalized for each family. Okay, honey, you know, that's a really great question. I am so glad you asked that. Well, it's pretty amazing. But by God's design, a husband and a wife are made to fit together in a special way where the seed that's deep inside of the husband meets together with the egg that's deep inside of the wife. And that's what God uses to start the baby. And that's it, right? I didn't say anything right. sensual. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to say the words penis and vagina. I kept it simple. But what I did 
and this is kind of our whole theory here is what we don't want to do is pick up this huge book called sex and drop it on their heads at 12. But when they're five or seven, we don't want to do that either. Right. But what we want to do is, you know, for that seven-year-old that asked that question is to take that big book, open it up and just introduce the characters. And for my family, that was seeds, eggs, God, husband, wife. Right. Because I know this is not the last conversation I'm going to have. So I don't have that panic of, I've got to tell her everything and I've got to make sure she understands what's appropriate, what's not, and when's okay. And the danger, like that's, I don't have to say that right now because I know that this is something that we are going to be talking about over the next several years, now, like it or not. Now, going back to the child that you referenced that asked a ton of questions and mm-hmm. you say that, um, what would you tell the, the, the moms or the parents that are thinking, okay, so you tell that, you know, tagline and it's very easy. And then they go, but how do you fit together? How does a mommy Mm -hmm. and daddy fit together? What would be the next step to say that without just, like you said, dropping the whole sex book on, you know, a seven-year-old's head, but right. But let it, but not like, you know, just seeing being like, okay, well come talk to me in a year from now, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and I think if, so this is our, this is the answer and it's not, shouldn't surprise you because we all know how this works, but, um, the answer is this. Okay. You know, well, honey, you know, you do the whole seeds and this and how, mm-hmm. how they fit together is that the husband places his penis inside the wife's vagina. Now, everyone listening, hear me out. <laughs> this is a really hard thing to say, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm sitting here by myself and it's hard to say, but when your sweet <laughs> child is looking at your face and like, saying these words, <laughs> you're dying, right? I know. I, this is hard. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear me say that. This is this is so hard, but this is what it is, right? This, this is what sex is. And I did not get into anything sensual there, right? I, that, right. that is about Just factual. basic, mm-hmm. that is yeah. factual. Okay. And what we have to remember, which I think makes parents feel a little bit better is that we are hormonally charged adults, right? We have all been through puberty. We bring to the table, all of our experiences and understandings and things we've heard or seen or talked about or so we bring to the table a lot of baggage is a negative word. So it's not all baggage, but we, ha- we are, um, we're bringing a lot more to this conversation than they are, right? They right. are not hormonally charged. They have not been through puberty. They're taking everything we are saying at face value and they don't have to understand it all right now. They might think, well, that's weird. And like, yeah, you should think it's weird because it's not for kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. And this, yep. this is a bit, so you are, I think we get panicked saying that to our kids because we're thinking, huh? Oh my gosh, the, uh, this is so yeah. sensual. This is so yeah. bad, you know, but they, they don't even, they're not even comprehending half of this. They're just thinking, oh, huh, I didn't, ex- didn't expect that answer. Right. Right. Exactly. It's always, it's always surprising. <laughs> um, but we do laugh and it, you know, you have to have a sense of humor with this because or else you'll just panic all the time. But, um, we do tell parents, if you practice this phrase, you in front of the mirror with that happy little face on, you can say it really, really fast, right? The husband places his penis, has his wife and China. Then, <laughs> the seed travels through and meets with the egg. And that's what God uses to start the baby. Isn't that amazing? And then you have to follow up and say, honey, what I just told you is called sexual intercourse. Okay. Most Mm. commonly known as sex, because a lot of times parents will get through that phase and just kind of think, I did it. I did it. I'm still breathing. Go away. (laughs) Go play. Go play. Go play. Right. But, but, but that's not helpful because kids have no idea. They don't, they come to you asking like where that baby, how that baby got in there. And they are not thinking that they're going to walk away with the word sex. They don't sure. even know that word. Right. So you have to label it. 
And then you need to say, um, if you have any other questions or you hear that word, please come and talk to me. There are a lot of confusing things out there, but mommy and daddy will always tell you the truth. And so just to kind of lay, again, you're laying the groundwork for future conversations. Yeah. Because even though I know some of you are like, why? I don't right. want to talk about this more than once. Right. <laughs> <Please>. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you, we have, it is not about us anymore. It is about them and their future. So it is not the most exciting thing to talk about. Um, but it's, it's, we're doing it for them, right? We want them to have a healthy understanding of what sex is and what it's yeah. intended to be. Um, because if they don't hear from you guys and mm-hmm. they don't hear from their parents and that we are not the foundation in their lives, then they don't have something to stand on. Right. And even though it's, it is scary and it is a very daunting topic. Um, I can't think of anyone better to inform their kids and their parents, right? Nobody yep. loves them more. Exactly. So you kind of have to think big picture a little bit and you have to think, um, what under like, what do I want my son to understand about sex when he's 18? You know, right mm-hmm. now he's six and that's so right. precious. Like, I don't want to know anything, but yeah. you know, but this, it, it is your responsibility to shape that understanding. And it's really hard to shape someone's understanding if you don't ever talk about it. Yeah. So, um, again, I empathize. I'm a mom of young kids. We are, I'm in the trenches with you. This is not something that is, um, super exciting all the time. But again, I think what we have to encourage parents is to think big picture, think long-term, um, you are raising somebody else's husband or you're raising somebody else's wife. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. you just want to think long-term here. And so it might be a little painful, but you know, over the years, they're going to start to realize and understand, okay, this is something we talk about. Oh, this happened at school today. Oh, my mom's going to talk to me about this on the way home or dad's going to come into my room tonight and ask me about what happened with the seventh graders. You know, like be that parent, be the one that always speaks into something. Right. Um, Exactly. And, and let them hear your voice on, the sexting scandal in the seventh grade or let them hear your voice on um, that movie that everybody wants to see, you know, speak into your kids' lives. It can be a really powerful way to shape their understanding. Yeah. Well, so Megan, we're almost at the end of the show. And um, I know that there was a step six um, continuing the conversation. Is there anything else that you wanted to add um, to what you just said? Um, You know, so the step six, we expanded a lot more in our videos and kind of walk you all the way through the pre teen. Um, and we do recommend like a more of a weekend getaway. Um, when you start introducing like how your body's changing and all the typical quote unquote, the talk. Um, and so we have great resources and tools for you there, but I think just as a quick takeaway for the moms listening out there is to think of this as, um, a marathon, you know, this is something that that sounds really negative, <laughs> but not, um, not if you of, love running marathons, <laughs> not if you love to run. I am not a runner. Um, so that sounds really daunting to me, but think of this as, um, we use this analogy a lot. And so I hope that this kind of can stick with you is that we, we think of our kids' minds in every inside, all of our kids' minds is a little sponge. Okay. So picture one of those little dish sponges. Um, and we could label that sponge curiosity about sexual things. That, that's a good curiosity, right? That's a, that's a God-given curiosity. Everybody has it. It's not a bad thing. But as parents, it, we our tendency is to cover up that sponge and protect it and make sure nothing gets in there, right? Um, but what happens is as soon as they leave, then that could be leaving the kindergarten or leaving um, to first grade or a friend's house or camp or whatever. Um, and if something else gets poured into there, you know, another friend or a movie or... Um, Somebody's older brother saying something, you know, anything else could get into that sponge. And if there's nothing else in there, it was going to soak it up. Right. But if we, as their parents and the loving authority in their lives 
if we speak into them in drip by drip, we pour into that sponge, you know, seeds and eggs, um, the baby comes out, you know, the baby's growing in the uterus, you know, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. I mean, little by little age appropriate conversations. And we fill that sponge. If, you know, if a sponge, if a full sponge goes out and water is poured onto it, it just kind of drips off, right? It just rolls off. It's not, it doesn't get as sucked up because there's already water in there. And so just to kind of look at this big picture as you are, it is your privilege as a parent to fill your child's sponge. And it's your privilege to speak into them um, on all these conversations. And so I'll, again, I know it sounds really scary, but if you view it as, um, it's really the best way to protect your child is yeah. to let them hear your voice. Right. I think, um, we are all are panicked and think the best way to protect them is to cu- cover that sponge and protect it and make sure nothing gets in there. But really that's just like leaving them very vulnerable. Yeah. But no, I agree. if we, if we can speak into them and look for opportunities to continue the conversation over the years, um, then giving them a full sponge is the best protection we can give our kids. So um, again, our website is www.birds-bees.com. We have lots of resources on there. Um, the videos go into a lot more detail um, with kind of this educational training. And we just really want to encourage parents and encourage moms to get dads on boards or vi- get dads on board or vice versa. Um, that This is something that we're going to do as a family. And this is, we're going to be that family that is talking about sex. Now I know that sounds crazy. Um, this is not something you have to talk about every day. This is not, (laughs) you don't have to be the crazy lady. I am not, I promise. Um, but just to think, you know what, this is not something that we're going to ignore. And this is not something that we're going to, um, just be too embarrassed to talk about and let the culture handle it for us. Because I love my kids too much and I want them to understand, um, what I believe. And I don't want them to just think that it's something bad, or I don't want them to think that it's, um, something that they just get whenever they want. Right. Um, so, you know, I think that we just have, it, it's a big, we got a lot of work cut out for us, right? The culture's not making it really easy on us right now, but, um, we just really want to equip parents and hold their hands through this and kind of help them walk away thinking, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Um, and just feel kind of empowered about it. Sure. Now, um, do you have any social media um, handles or is it mainly yes. the website that you guys go to? Okay, go so ahead. We and have our that. website. Um, and then we also are on Instagram birds. Now this sounds crazy. It's birds underscore underscore bees. I know it sounds crazy, but once you look at it, it doesn't look like two underscores, but you know, we were trying to pick the best name. Yeah. Um, and somebody already had a birds and bees. So birds underscore underscore bees on Instagram. Um, and then on, we're also on Facebook, the birds and the bees. Okay. So we post um, articles. We love to have questions. Um, We just want to engage with you guys. This is not something to do alone. You know, Um, get your girlfriends on board and say, okay, listen, if I'm going to say the word penis, y'all are going to say the word penis (laughs) because I'm not going to be the one that gets kicked out of play group. Right. Right, Yeah. Um, Make it a group thing. (laughs) Exactly. We're doing, we're going to do this together, right? This is not something that should be, um, we want this to become the new norm. That is kind of our mission at the birds and the bees is we want this to be um, the way that everybody speaks to their kids, yeah, um, because that could really make a powerful impact on this generation. So, yeah, that's awesome. Anyways. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that you probably have helped a lot of moms with this message, and I appreciate you taking the time to um, talk to our listeners and give them some simple steps to feeling more comfortable on this topic. Well, thank you so much for having me, Amber. I love what you're doing and the platform you've created. So thanks for letting me be a part of it. And there you have it. Hey, you guys, if you know somebody that would be a good fit for the show, 
please let me know. And what you need to do is just go to my website, mominspiredshow.com forward slash contact. Fill out that page, send me your email and the message, and I will get back to you. A friend recommended this show, and I want you to know that I really do value what you guys want to hear and the topics that you want to hear. It's about you guys. I just wanted to say thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week. 